Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Fellowshipping. Good morning, everyone. Appreciate you coming out to worship with us this morning and hear the word of God. Just want to give you an update on Pastor Willie. Uh, I talked to Minerva and she said he's doing very well. Um, Everything's going well with him, the treatment, physical therapy. Uh, So but we want to keep him in your prayers. We want to pray him out of there and we want to pray him uh, for complete healing and health. Um, But they asked uh, the, the physical therapy. Uh, takes a lot of energy and strength. Uh, so he's asking that we not go visit. Okay. Uh, so if we could honor that for whatever season. Uh, you guys have been great to go and, and want to say hi. And the scripture tells us, right, to go to the hospital. And uh, I mean, Jesus exhorted us to go and visit the sick. And you guys have been doing that. But let's let's put a lid on that right now. Um, if you have a question on anything uh, regarding needs or church issues, uh, talk to me, talk to Sam, uh, talk to the church office, okay? Uh, if you need the church for anything, you know, as usual, you go through Brandy uh, for the, the church office. If we have any, you know, building needs, okay? If you have any uh, personal needs or situations, uh, feel free to talk to Sam or myself for whatever season this is going to be. Does that make sense? Okay, I appreciate that. Um, also, we want to continue to lift up the Ristons. Uh, as you may know, uh, Joy passed away this past Tuesday, and uh, the funeral yes, was yesterday, and um, we got to honor Joy yesterday and ultimately honor God. So I just want to thank all of you that were able to come yesterday, especially those of you that were able to serve during the funeral, whether it was music or cleaning or, I mean, all the multiple things that happened uh, to bless them. And I was really blessed getting to know uh, some of Dave's family and, and friends. Uh, I had a great time uh, just meeting people and, and being able to serve. So, uh, But continue to lift up their family in prayer during this time. Um, you know, we're talking today about serving, and we're calling it a special Serve Sunday, right? And uh, I was thinking, just let me, let me just give you some house cleaning things, just some things that are going on that might not normally be part of a message. But since we're talking about serving, you know, uh, even though I expect Pastor Willie to come out of the hospital, um, maybe even fairly soon, we're putting him on a forced sabbatical uh, so to rest, okay? Um, and he wants that. He wants to get 100% better. Okay, so that's the whole goal of what we're trying to do here. That's why we're asking you not to text him, not to call him, not, to go, not even to go to the hospital right now. Um, it's not because he's not doing well. He is doing well. But we want to make sure he stays well. Okay, and it's, it can be exhausting when you when you have to talk to people uh, over and over and over again. Plus the therapy he's going through. Um, but because Pastor Willie's in the hospital um, and he's going to be taking a sabbatical for 
some some short period uh, that puts, you know, the burden on myself, Sam and Brandy. Right. Uh, And I'm glad we're glad to serve. Uh, But I just want to talk to you about how that's that's working and how that relates to today. Um, We don't want the burden to be on Brandy because she has already been serving above and beyond. So when we needed, you know, Brandy works here as our administrator, secretary, and she's done an excellent job all these years. Um, But she is a servant's heart. So when she was asked, we didn't have anybody to do children's church. She was asked to do it. She did it. And when we didn't have anybody to clean the building, she was asked if she would do that. And she has a servant's heart and she did it. Okay, so we don't want more on Brandy because <laughs> those were above and beyond her normal duties of basically running the church administration. Okay, uh, and she did that, of course, with Pastor. So we're trying to remove from Brandy those things, and actually, we've been able to do that because uh, people with servants' hearts have stepped up. And I just recently asked um, uh, Aaron and Bethany if they would. Uh, clean the church, and they agreed to do that. And praise God. I'm serious. Praise God. And Dietrich, of course, um, she's been cleaning the church. They were volunteering once once a month. I believe they're still going to do that. Uh, that's Dietrich and her whole family. They just bring the kids out, you know, cook hot dogs, clean. No, they don't cook hot dogs. But, they, <laughs> um, but you know, Dietrich is a servant. And then I also asked Dietria if she would do uh, take over the children's ministry so that Brandy could be relieved of that. And they said yes to that, too. So I just want to say you are stepping up. And this is a time in our church life where we need you to step up. I have no apology today on standing up here giving a message on serving because I know we need servants. Okay, but. I don't even need to do that because before we gave the message on serving, we haven't given it yet, and I'm going to actually have Desiree come up here in a minute and share with you. But you, you've been serving before we even exhort you to serve, uh, which is awesome. And you guys are a serving group of people. You're a giving group of people. Um, when, you're, when this church is talked about as far as giving among the other churches, and it's, this is not a gossip thing. This is this is a glorifying God thing. Everybody is amazed at how much you give because you give so much above and beyond what the quote average is, whatever that is. You know what I mean? But I just want to say, guys, you're awesome to the glory of God. You're awesome to the glory of God. Um, we still need more help. I really, you know, Aaron and Bethany are going to clean the church Um, But they're going to need a substitute because what if they want to go visit family or friends or or take a vacation or do something? Right. Well, then we need a substitute. So uh, that's an opportunity for someone to step up and serve. Right. Okay, And we're going to Desiree um, is going to be sharing here in a minute. She's you guys have received a card in your bulletin. She's going to show you and tell you what to do with that. So if you're looking, well, how how can I? How can I step up? How can I serve? Desiree is going to help us out with that here in a minute. Okay, just to encourage you now um, with being a servant. 
Let's take a look at Matthew. I just want to give you some motivation, then I'm going to turn it over to Desiree. I mean, we all know who the servant of servants is, right? We are servants, small s. I'm now talking about the servant, capital S. And I'm going to read, in, starting from Matthew uh, chapter 21. I'm sorry, chapter 20, verse 26, 27, 28. <laughs> James, James and John, mom says, hey, Jesus, look. You know, can't one of them be on your left and one of them be on your right in the kingdom? I mean, wouldn't that be really cool, Jesus? <laughs> so, Jesus, just you can just see him kind of smile and shake his head, right? It's like, okay, they're not quite getting this thing here. But anyway, his conclusion on the matter was, um, he says, hey, guys, the Gentiles do this. People that don't know God, they build themselves up. They they try to take control. They want to be recognized. He says, it's not, it's not, we don't do that. He says, it's not the way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you will be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And didn't Jesus do that? He is our supreme example. In the Old Testament, he is called, God calls Jesus my servant, if you read the book of Isaiah. Okay, you'll see it over and over and over. My servant, my servant. Jesus gave his life as a demonstration for us. Did anybody else make a big sacrifice and be a servant? Let's take a look in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. We all know the Apostle Paul was a servant. You know, sometimes we think what Paul did is almost beyond us. I kind of, I, it's like he was a super saint, wasn't he? And it's like, how can you touch what he did? Well, it's not that I need to touch what he did. It's just to the best that God has given me, I want to follow his example as he follows Christ. So what did Paul do? In Philippians, Paul is captive, right? Chained. And what's he say in verse 25 through 30? First, he's going to talk about Epaphroditus. But I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need, because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick to the point of death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I've sent him all the more eagerly, so that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may again be be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him in high esteem. Why? Because he poured out his life to the point of death to serve Paul in the church, in the Philippians. Isn't that amazing? Even to sickness and death, right? Anybody else do that? Well, Paul did that, as I just said a minute ago. Look in 2.17, right before 
him talking about Epaphroditus, this is what he says about himself. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you. And you, too, I urge rejoice in the same way and share the same joy with me. So, Paul, would you would you agree this will be Paul's life verse? He's just pouring out his life. And that's a challenge, isn't it? Because when I compare my life to what his life was, I realize, okay, I have some selfishness in there that needs to come out. Uh, (laughs) God, help me. God, help me. Isn't that a valid prayer? God, help me. Lord, help me to be a better servant. Help me to sacrifice. Doesn't being a servant take sacrifice? And that's my point. Well, you say, well, Jesus was the son of God. Of course, we expect him to do that. You know, can we really do what Jesus did? Well, in the sense of going to the cross and taking the sin of the world on our shoulders, no. No. But sacrificing, we can, can't we? You say, well, Paul, he was super. You know, we can't compete with him. It's like, it's like the Olympics. It's just too much. We, we can't. You know, he was Paul. He's just so above everybody. Can't do it. Was there, is there anybody around here <laughs> that's sacrificing? <laughs> well, the answer is yes. I mean, there's people teaching and getting ready to teach children. There are people that came last night and cleaned the building. There's people running the sound so this microphone can operate. And there were people that took up the offering just a few minutes ago. And there's, we are, you are, right? But the encouragement is we need, we need some more help with serving. And I thought, you know, if I knew anybody right now that I knew personally that was on the order of Paul and Epaphroditus, to say it that way, it would be Pastor Willie. Because I've known him since probably 1990. And uh, I've worked with him officially since 1997 uh, when he became pastor of this church. And um, I don't know anybody else that has sacrificed more of time, talent, energy, money, prayers, willing to get with people, willing to uh, put up with us. Um, I mean, in me, when I first came on, I was not the easiest person to disciple. Because I was proud. <laughs> Thanks, I think. <laughs> um, but honestly, I praise God for him. I honor him right now. He's poured out his life for the sake of Christ, for your sake, and the sake of the church. He has honestly done that. Um, and we have an example right here in our midst. So we need help. Sam and I can't do it all. Honestly, I work two jobs. Uh, you know how much Sam does. Sam works another job. And, again, we're, t- we're trying to take things off, Brandy. So we need people. And we need you to step up. And so I'm going to call up Desiree. And Desiree is going to share with us, help us be motivated, encourage us, and then share with us some ways we could practically do this. I appreciate that, Desiree. So you can come on up. Okay. How is everybody? Yes. Let's thank Elder John for doing that for us. 
I appreciate that. That was a very good beginning for us. Clarissa got all these things going different directions. Is everybody doing well today? Okay, just to give you a little bit of my background here, I come from a church from Orlando, Florida, and we like to talk with each other, so it's an exchange. Um, it is a privilege to be with you all this morning. I just want to say thank you so much to the elders, as well as Pastor Willie and Minerva and their family, and to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here with my extended family. And I also want to say thank you to Pastor Randy Thornton, who is my oversight. Pastor Randy released me from my duties at Grace Church in Southern Pines, and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here either. And so I hope you guys are excited to gain some new things from the Word, because I believe the Word is living and active, and it's our foundation. And so if it's all these things, then God has something for us this morning. And so just to give you a little bit about me, because my story is his story. I want to make that very clear. My story is his story. Your story is his story. No matter who we are, no matter where we're at in life, no matter what season it is, our story is his story. And so my name is Desiree, and I've been in ministry for about 18 years now. I was licensed with the Assemblies of God when I was 18 years old, and uh, I got saved when I was 17. So the Lord called me very quickly into ministry, and currently right now I'm serving at Grace Church as the executive pastor of multi-site and serving. And so serving has a big, big, big passion. It's a big, big thing to me because I believe serving is an act of worship. I believe it is an act of worship. And so our story is formatted and suited for serving. Your story, no matter where you're at, no matter how old you are, no matter what your age is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what your background is, God has suited you for serving. So that's what we're going to talk about today, to hear what the Lord wants to say to us about being suited for serving. Now, I can never have imagined that God would have me here in this moment. Could you have imagined that God would have you here in this moment of your life? The same for me. When I first started out in ministry, I was not raised in the church, so I had a lot of learning and still a lot of learning to do, to be honest with you. I met my husband down in Orlando, Florida, and he was a youth pastor on the East Coast, and I was a youth pastor in Orlando, Florida. He was in this wonderful church. It was a small church on the beach in Merritt Island. And in his experience, he was at a very poor church. So he had a trailer with the floorboards that was a garden for mushrooms. (laughs) And so now looking back where we're at, where my husband is about to finally graduate May 10th, from medical school, which is what brought us up here to North Carolina, and then me serving in the position that I'm in, I could have never imagined. I'm extremely humbled and extremely grateful because I've seen God move in such wonderful ways in individual lives as well as a corporate body. Never would I have imagined all the stories that the Lord has built in my life and in my husband's life would be suited for this moment to serve. The same for you. God has suited you for this moment, for this season, to serve for his glory. 
and he wants to bring alive some old dreams, ones you've put on the shelf. Just because you're aged or just because of your season doesn't mean those things are over. God needs to use the elders. God needs to use a young generation as well in corporation to bring him glory. So the church body that I come from is actually located in a very small set of towns, Southern Pines, Pinehurst, and Aberdeen, and Carthage, as well as we've got some other outliers, such as Candor. Our city is not like your city. Matter of fact, the first time I came to Lynchburg, I remember very clearly, as we brought up a team to join in on a training with you all, as we came up over the mountainside, their face turned from, what are we going to see? What type of small town are we going to see? To their face lit up. Oh, my goodness. This is an actual city. They have a target. We can, we can go somewhere besides a grocery store. <laughs> they were so elated with the fact this was an actual city, not a town. And so it's amazing how God will use small beginnings for great things. Those small things in your life have great significance, and it's not just meant for you. So this morning, I'm really hoping that we tap into the Word today to talk about how God has created us for the journey, suited us for serving. And I know today you got a hold of a card coming in with your bulletin that looks just like this one. As we're talking today and as the Lord highlights things to you, I want you to grab a hold of this card, okay? So as we're in the Word together, journeying through what it means to be suited for serving, the first section here, I just want to give you a preface because I like an overview before we're headed somewhere, right? <laughs> the first section here underneath contact information is where I want you to acknowledge the things that God has built in you. Whether it's training, whether it's your education, whether it's your skill set, these are things that God has built in you as an individual. And then we'll talk about the latter later, okay? So today we're also going to talk about the journey that the 72 disciples had. See, they were suited for serving just as you are suited for serving. And it was amazing what God used to build in them, to get them ready for their journey of serving. But before we dive into what it means to actually be suited for serving, if you guys don't mind getting your Bibles ready by turning to Luke 10, I'm really big about, just because I say the word, I want you to know where it's at in the word. I want you to be able to get a grasp on it because it's important for you highlight it, you know, circle it. When God speaks to you today, write down something in the margin. Make sure that you write it and record it, right? The Bible says, a man of God will perish without vision. So if God gives you fresh vision today for you as an individual, it's important you record it so you can run with it. You know, that's why journaling is so important. When God speaks to you about something, you want to journal it. It's not just for you. It might even be for a future generation, that journaling is so important for you. So I hope and pray that God would speak to you revelation, fresh revelation today of him. But before we, do, actually, before we dive into Luke 10, I want us to get a lens from the word. So you might want to jot down the scripture verse. It's 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. It says, therefore... Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Do not be ashamed. 
of me or his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9 says, this is my favorite part. Who has saved us, first and foremost? He has called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. There are four principles in this scripture verse that talk about serving. The first one is he has saved us. We have to be affected first by his spirit before we can have any type of call or any type of understanding of our purpose. He's already put that call and purpose in us, but we won't understand what those things are if we haven't been saved. Think of so many people today that are trying to figure out what is my call, what is my purpose, and they have absolutely no idea because they haven't had the person, the Godhead, the one who created them to download in them what is your call and what is your purpose. So it first and foremost takes place with a life transformation, being saved. And it's also sandwiched not only between his work of saving, but the last thing, grace. See, salvation is done. Sanctification, being set apart for a call and a purpose, takes grace. It takes a whole lot of grace. I don't know about you. My daughter, I laugh about this all the time. She is a planner. So I'll tell her, i say, Emma Grace, we're going to go for a little trip. And it's like an hour down the street. So what she does is she goes back to her room. She packs everything, her, like, five stuffed animals, ten movies. And we're just going to the grocery store, you know, or we're going to go to Target. Because near us in a small town, it's literally an hour away. But to her, she has got to pack it all together. So for me, I have to have a lot of grace because I'm like, honey, We've done this time and time after again. If I'm telling you we're just going to go to the grocery store, we're just going to go to Target, we don't need a bag full of activities. How many times has God said something to you and he's had to have grace with you because he keeps repeating himself? Put me in that, you know, that category because there's many times where God continues to say the same thing over and over again. But it's his grace that is sufficient. It is grace that upholds me through this process It is his grace. So sandwiched between being saved and filled with grace, he gives us this understanding of our call, an understanding of our purpose. Now, you've heard Pastor Randy, when he's come up here about two weeks ago, he's talked about the concept of being called. It is what is in your hands, right? How many of you guys remember what Pastor Randy said? Yep, it's in your hands, right? Those are your skill sets. Those are the things that God has trained you in. It's your job. It's your arena of influence that he's chosen for this season. It's not only your skill set, but sometimes it's your relationships. God gifts you with relationships and seasons, right? So when you're thinking about this paper right here, what are those things that God has put in you, has given you during the season? That's what you are to be jotting down. What has God called you to at this time in this season? Do you know that the word call here in 2 Timothy actually means 
to shout. In the Greek, the word call means to shout. And it's because God has put you and given you the things that you have been given so you can shout as loud as you can his name. You can be the best at that in your arena. Work as hard and as diligently as you possibly can so that God's name is glorified above all else. It is a shout. Your call is a shout. Your job is a shout. Your family is a shout. Your relationships, when you utilize them to glorify God, is a shout unto God. A shout of a voice of triumph. That is what your call is. It's what is in your hand shouting loudly, this is the way, this is the truth, this is the light. Pointing to him, giving him glory. But then the second thing is the purpose. See, our purpose is what is in our heart. It's the gift in your heart, not your hands. And sometimes this can be a little bit frustrating when we see what is in our hands, not aligning with what's in our heart. How many of you have been there before, got frustrated I don't know how, with what's in my heart, is actually being accomplished in my call. Do you know if it's what is in your heart, it is what you love? That's why God wants to redeem your heart. That's why God puts a seal upon your heart. God wants your heart fully to worship him. He wants to fill you up with overflowing. It says that God puts eternity in our hearts. Well, what's the only thing that's eternal? It's God himself. It's God himself. So our purpose is to love who loved us first. God himself. He wants us to eternally use our lives as worship, as love back to him in everything we do. So no matter if you're a teacher, you're called to a season to be a teacher, but you have this purpose. You want to shout to God about his love to those who are in human trafficking, but you're a teacher. And you go, I think i got to leave my job. I'm not affecting anyone dealing with human trafficking. No, no, no. Do you not realize that your call was to those specific kids? Those kids might have a family member who's been affected by human trafficking. Do you not know that you might actually change a little girl or a little boy's heart or mind? And if you weren't their teacher, you wouldn't fulfill your purpose. God aligns our jobs, our relationships, everything with his purpose to glorify him, to love him back. So if he's given you the purpose to love him back fully, and he's given you a certain slant to do it in a certain way, it can still be fulfilled in the way that you are living right now, in the way that you are purposed in a call right now. Does that make sense? It doesn't have to look the way you thought it was going to look. Matter of fact, it's not your plan. Let me just bust that bubble, okay? Because I have learned it too many times where I go, God, it looks like this. And he's like, no, mm -mm -mm. you got the pieces, but I got the picture, honey. And he shuffles it all around and shows me, these were the things I called you to, but this is what it looks like. 
I'm the one who's all-knowing, not you. I'm the one who's omniscient, right? I'm omnipotent, not you. And then I have to humble myself so he can use me the way he intends to use me. We've got to always remain in a posture of being humble. Because didn't the Lord say, if the people will humble themselves and pray, I will what? Heal their land. If you want to be part of healing your land and taking Lynchburg for God, you've got to humble yourself. Give up that picture. He knows what it looks like. All you need to know is that he loves you, and you need to love him back with all that you got. So that is our purpose. These things that we dream, these things that we love. Matter of fact, back to what I was talking about, the different pieces. In Colossians 1.17, this is what it says. It says, God, and he is before all things. He is before all things. And in him, all things are held together. So, You don't have to worry how the pieces are going to fit together. You don't have to worry about how your skill set or your call to a certain job is going to be put together with the purpose. That's his job, not yours, his. And in time, it will make sense. I can't tell you how many times I go, oh, the reason why I was a waitress, that makes sense because I understand now I learned how to serve people. I learned how to go out of my way, get out of my comfort zone, and see the needs of others. It had a very great purpose to it. Where you're at has a very great purpose to it. It's just a piece to his vision. So now we're going to finally dive into, now that we've got a good context, that God, by saving us, gracing us, we then have a call and we have a purpose. It's because of his work, not ours. Because of his spirit, not ours. So in Luke 10, 1 through 2, very simply says the following. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. I love that. He sends them out before him. You would think it would be the opposite. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray and earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, you're probably wondering why we're not finishing all of this. Because there's so much meat in this. I don't know about you, but lately God has been having me slow down when I'm reading things so I can really get what he's saying to me, what he's trying to affect and change in me. Because if I gloss over it and just read through it real fast, it's not changing me. And if this is really my foundation, then I need it to affect me. I need to stand on it. So here in the scripture verse... It's so beautiful because it's so clear. It says that he appointed 72 others. He appointed them. 
he had given them a story that was suited to serve. Prior to this, if you read in Scripture, because when you read Scripture, you should always read before and after. You should always look at Scripture holistically, not just a couple of verses. He prepares them. He does a bunch of teaching with them. He does a bunch of modeling for them. And then he challenges them. Right before this, in Luke 9, he actually tells them it's going to cost them everything. He tells them, you've been suited to serve, but this is going to be a life commitment. There is no retirement. This is a life commitment. That's why I have been saying to all of us, no matter what our age is, God hasn't retired you from serving him. He gave you that purpose inside of you with eternity in mind. So don't think your time has expired. It's only renewing. That's why we constantly have to be before the Lord because he renews us. He refreshes us. He rebuilds us. I thank God for that. So he's given us and he gave the 72 a story suited to serve. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a businessman or woman, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, God has suited you to serve exactly where you're at. And he's holding the pictures together. He's holding the pieces together so you're equipped to be able to do the task he asks of you. Matter of fact, the word appointed here, I love this word. In the Greek, it means to lift up, to show. So when God appoints us in a certain area, he is choosing you in that arena to be lifted up by his glory, to be lifted up to show Look at me working out salvation inside of them. Look at me transforming them in my image. Look at me making them be a person or persons of glory because I'm living within them. And they're going to affect. They are going to be leaders. They're going to affect where they're at. So in the 72... The amazing thing is this. The number 70 has great significance in Scripture. If you look at Numbers 11, do you remember when Moses got weighed down because of the weight he was underneath and the complaining of the Israelites? He was trying to do way too much, wasn't he? To the point that he cried out to God in Numbers 11, and he says, God, I can't do this. I need help. And you know what God's response was to him was? This is what it was in eleven sixteen through 17. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of the meeting. And let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you. He's talking to Moses. So the spirit that was on Moses, watch this, I'm going to put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. When I was praying for our time together today, 
the Lord had that number 72 stick out to me. And he, he reminded me, remember in the Old Testament, Desiree, when this happened with Moses? I said, yeah. I am appointing my 70 at Cornerstone. I have heard Pastor Willie's cry. See, Pastor Willie was called to this body. He was called to Lynchburg and is called as the pastor here at Cornerstone. And the most beautiful thing is, is he has been giving his life and so has his family so faithfully to the Lord. And he has been up underneath a lot of weight. And God is saying, that same anointing that I gave Pastor Willie, I'm going to pour out on my 70 here. And I believe that has to do with 70 people that are going to rise up and fall underneath the vision that God has given Pastor Willie and his family and say, yes, I'm willing, Lord. Yes, use me, Lord. And I believe that there will be a huge revival that will take place in Lynchburg because of the 70 that choose to be underneath the mantle of the Holy Spirit. I am so convicted of this. I believe that this is what the Lord is saying. He's just looking for people who would acknowledge that their lives, their stories were suited to serve. Suited to serve. And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your experience. God is looking for faithful servants just like these 70 elders. But serving starts with the heart of the Father. That's one thing I love about this body. When you walk into any group of people and you start fellowshipping with them, it's easy to pick up whether or not they're people of prayer. And I know that there are so many of you that you choose on a regular basis to sit before the Lord, hence the reason why the Lord comes and fills this place with his glory. That does not happen in many churches across the world. We are a blessed people at Cornerstone. There is something to give away here. It starts with the heart of the Father. So we have to start asking him, God, how are we purposed to reach Lynchburg? How are we purposed to reach our families? How are we purposed to reach our people who are in the occupations that we're in or our workplaces? In the ESV version, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. You don't have to worry about the pieces. God has it in his hand like we heard in Colossians. But the beautiful thing in the Amplified version, it says that he planted eternity, a sense, a divine purpose. I believe that God, for those who are willing today, he will cause an awakening in your heart for a divine purpose and how you play a part in that specifically here in Cornerstone, but also in Lynchburg. Because if you look at the scripture that we read earlier, Luke 10, serving prepares the heart for the moving of his spirit. It says that he sent out the 72 He sent out the 72 where he was going to go. 
where he was going to go. So if he prepares you guys and he speaks to you about your divine purpose and he sends you out into the city where he's already appointed you to be, his spirit's going to go with you. And it's going to transform your workplace. It's going to transform your home. It's going to transform every part of the city. Every part. There won't be one place unturned because we all have different places he has put us. I love this other part. It says that he appointed them in pairs. Elder John, I think you said the most wonderful thing because serving is never meant to be done alone. Never. Serving is to be done in pairs. Look at that. Also, look about the animals. The animals went on the uh, the ark two by two. Two by two. When God says we pray or we gather two in his name, his presence is there. And it's established when we pray according to his will. It is so important because when we go by twos, when we serve here in this place together, iron sharpens iron. And that's all he's really worried about, right? The only thing that really concerns the Lord is, are you looking more and more like me? Because I created you in my image. And when there are two, we are able to be witnesses of what God is doing in our midst and that we become more and more like him because we hold each other accountable. Oh, I thought you were supposed to be here, brother, uh, ten minutes ago. Where were you? Is everything all right? Iron sharpens iron. I needed you in the nursery, but you didn't show up last week. Is everything okay? Iron sharpens iron. We've got a gap, you know, taking meals to those who are sick. Iron sharpens iron. That looks like the fruit of the Spirit. That doesn't look like the fruit of the Spirit. Are you okay? Can I pray for you? Iron sharpens iron. When it pricks you a little bit, it's probably because God's trying to bring something up out of you and replace it with his spirit and his character. So serving starts with the heart of the Father, and it prepares us for the move of the Spirit. And in the Scripture, if you look, it says two key things. It says that he sent them into every town... And every place. Look at that. Every town and every place. Meaning God has two designations for us. It starts in a certain place. It starts here. God has given you a certain place inside of the church. And two, your town, your city. You are to be serving. You were made. You were suited to serve in the body first and foremost. That's how we take care of one another. That's your place. The second thing is God suited you to serve in the city or the town. He chose you for Lynchburg in this season. Some of you may move, but in this season, you're meant to make a difference in Lynchburg, and you can't sit back and be lazy. You sit back and be lazy, you're missing your call. One of my favorite pastimes as a kid in a military family 
was going to visit the lake. We didn't get many vacations because mom and dad were away a lot. You know, the deployments happen. Trainings have to happen. But my favorite memory was going to the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri, and we would go skiing. I'm an awful skier. Don't ever ask me to go skiing with you. I won't get up on the skis. It just won't happen. Same thing with golfing. I think God has a sense of humor because he moved me to Pinehurst, which is known for golfing, and I, mm -mm, golfing, I'm horrible at. (laughs) But we would always go out to the Lake of the Ozarks when we got a chance, and we would go skiing. And the fun part was when people couldn't get up on the skis and they dropped right in the water, right? The fun part's probably not hitting the water because it hurts. But when they hit the water, waves went out. I also like skipping rocks or throwing rocks into the water and watching the ripple effect. That's how God's spirit moves. It starts when that rock hits the water right there. It starts right here. His spirit has to affect our heart first. We can't give away something we don't have. If you're feeling dry right now, then you need to ask the Lord to fill you afresh and anew because you can't give away something you don't have. Maybe it takes a little bit of repentance. You know, the Bible says in order for us to bear more fruit, we have to keep with repentance. That includes me too. This morning I was repenting. I said, Lord, you know what? I need help with this. Because obviously my heart's not right in that yet, and I need help. That's where his grace comes in. Because he warns us of pride. He warns us of religiosity. He warns us not to get hard hearts. Because he wants them to be heart of his spirit. So he can use us, and it can affect others. So when that stone drops into the water, the ripples send out. See, when God affects your heart afresh and anew, that you were suited to serve and you start doing it, it will start affecting your family in ways that you can't imagine. It will affect your church family. It will affect your workplace. It will affect people in the grocery line. It will move out to your community. You want to take the community for Jesus? Then we got to ask that the Lord would refresh us, that we would have a fresh relationship with him. So that we can have the expression of his love to all people, all nations. So I have three questions for you before I close out. Do you have a fresh relationship with the Lord? Have you been keeping with repentance? Have you been asking him to build you afresh and anew so he can use you because he suited you to serve? He's used all those pieces of your life with intention to serve his kingdom? That's the first question. The second question is, do you currently serve here at Cornerstone? I believe with great weight, the Lord has heard Pastor Willie's call, and he is ready to raise up an army like he's never done before. And he's looking for those who will say, yes, Lord, I'll serve. Yes, Lord, I'll step in. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing to. The third one is, where do you serve in your community, in your town? Remember, he's called us to two places, 
to serve. One is our church body. Two is our city. He said it very clearly with the 72. The same thing applies to us because we're his disciples, right? So, if you don't mind grabbing a hold of this card, this is going to be very important for us because if God has suited us to serve, we have to be willing to acknowledge what skills has he given us. So in the, set, the first part here where it says, my story is suited for serving, what are those things that God has built in you? What education do you have? Training do you have? Maybe you're a mechanic. Well, guess what? We need help with this facility. Maybe, maybe you're great at planning things. Well, guess what? I know that Elder Sam has been talking about you guys have events that you do. Or the funeral. It would have been great if there was a person who was gifted in planning to help us with that. So a good example is if I see that I have good organizational skills, I might be perfect at helping with office administration. Take a little bit of load off of Brandy. Send out some emails. Send out some serving schedules. Maybe I'm really good with technology, and I could go help with the tech team to give them a break when they need to go on vacation. Perhaps you're really great at making people feel hospitable. You are just such a great greeter, a welcomer. You have a warm personality. Maybe you need to consider being a greeter. Maybe you're really good at noticing details. That would make you a really great usher. Because you've got to notice when someone's coming in the door, get that door for them. Make sure that they get their bulletin in hand. You've got to help them find an empty seat because I hope it gets harder and harder in here to find an empty seat. Okay? You need to have somebody who pays attention to them details. Maybe you have brothers and sisters or you're a mom or a dad. God gave you skills of parenting or being a good sibling. We need people in children's ministry. Let me tell you, young families want to come where they don't have to worry about where they have to drop off their children. That they know every Sunday... The same face or the same group of people on a monthly rotation are taking care of their babies. I love our nursery, by the way, at Grace Church. There are some men who are in there. They they don't change the diapers because they're like, "Eh, I don't want to have to do that. But they are amazing because they set the standard of father figures. Our generation nowadays, and it makes me very sad, but my husband is a wonderful man of God, and he is a great example for our children. And we need some men who are willing to do that for children because they need to know that the dads are the head of the household, right? And it's important to learn how to grow up underneath a covering and protection of authority. So what are those things that God has gifted you with? And you know what? Maybe you're currently serving somewhere, but it's not the right And you know it hasn't been. And you need to find the right fit. This card will help the elders figure out the right fit for you. Because there's nothing more than frustrating when you realize you're not in the right fit. And you're like, I feel like I'm hitting my head up against the wall and I'm not really helping. But you want to be helpful. So it's great to have conversation with the elders and Brandy say, I need to find the right place because I don't think I'm in the right place. And it's okay to say that. And it's okay How many of you know seasons change? It's all right to change. There's nothing wrong with change. Matter of fact, change helps us to be healthy. Right? I think this is a great change for Pastor Willie. 
He's going to get some time off. That man has been working so hard for God. He needs some refreshing. So if we will real quick pray, Elder John's going to come on up here after we pray, and he's going to give us some further instruction to make sure that we hand these in so we can have a deeper conversation about how we can serve our church body in our city. Let's pray. So, God, we just thank you for your word. I thank you that you anointed your word and you sent it out, and it will accomplish what you sent it out to do. Lord, I thank you that, A, refreshing has taken place. I thank you, God, by your voice that you poured out your spirit to prod our hearts to draw closer to you so that, God, we can be effective to serve because you have suited us to serve within the church, and within the city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Desiree. Go ahead and give God a hand for Desiree. What I'd like you to do, if you haven't already, is take that card and fill it out. Okay, so in those gray blanks, basically, what has God gifted you? Does anyone need a pen, Zita's? Thank you for listening to this message for and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.